Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Told by a Stranger, the podcast where we pose the same four questions to each guest and get life advice to put our minds at rest. I'm your host, Daniela Lake. As you know, the season of the podcast, season two, has had a holiday theme. We started off with the Halloween episode, then had other episodes where I asked our guests a few holiday questions. But the holidays are not over yet. Today is a super special episode because this episode is the sort of introduction episode to our Valentine series. It's February 1st, and as most of you know, February 14th is Valentine's Day, the holiday of love and romance. In this episode, we'll not only be talking about Valentine's Day and how it all began, but we have a very special guest with us, Pastor Allison Mark, who I'll be chatting with about relationships and love. I'll ask her questions about her relationship advice, relationship truths, myths, and so much more. So whether you're single, taken, or it's complicated, keep listening and stay tuned for the rest of the series. So, basically, in this series, our Valentine's series, I'll be interviewing different couples and asking them all the same four relationship-based questions. Let's get into what Valentine's Day is all about. During this time of year, you walk into CVS or any type of store, and there's already heart-shaped chocolates, teddy bears, cards, and, of course, business booms for flower shops on Valentine's Day. And, of course, you have the anti-Valentine's Day stuff, too. But where did Valentine's Day even come from? So I did some internet searching, and there's actually various legends as to who St. Valentine was and what he did. Most scholars believe that St. Valentine was a priest who the Emperor Claudius II didn't really like that much. Claudius II didn't want young men getting married because he thought they would be better as soldiers. But St. Valentine was secretly marrying these young men to spare them from war. Of course, Claudius found out and imprisoned him. Apparently, when he was in prison, he fell in love with the daughter of his jailer, And before he was executed, he sent her a letter signed, From Your Valentine. And there's a bunch of other legends, but that's honestly my favorite one. Because it ties in with why we send Valentine cards and why people are like, be my Valentine. Okay, so I think now we could get into the questions I have for Pastor Allison. Pastor Allison, hello. Hi, Danielle. Hi, listeners. (laughs) My first question for you is... What are your relationship goals, since everyone sees things now and is like, oh, goals, goals? Oh, good question. Um, I am in a relationship with my husband. We have been together for over 12 years, and I was thinking about, if we're talking about religion and in the way that we understand love, in the Greek language, there's three different levels of love. Actually, I think there's four, and I just never remember the fourth one. (laughs) But I always remember eros, love, phylos, love, and agape love, the the three main ones. And in that way that eros love is more like you really like somebody, you lust for them, and and you want them to love you back, and that kind of is is an eros love, maybe like that first level. 
And then the next level up is, is supposed to be phylos love, like friendship, brotherly love. Maybe that's the first one. But that there's this brotherly love. So like Philadelphia comes from that same word, phylos. And so that is like, you know, you say, you know, I love you, man. Or I love, you're my best friend. I love you. It's, it's that kind of love that we're, we, we just are friendly and we have a love affinity for each other. And then... The, to me, that, that top goal kind of love is this agape love. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a romantic, but it's unconditional love. In the same way that agape love is shared with, um, for like, in God language, with God and God's children, there's an agape love. I, I would hope that people achieve relationships in a way where they love one another unconditionally, in the same way that agape love is that. And so... I think for me and my husband, it's about like having all of those kinds of loves together and, and achieving them as steps in a goal or a process to loving each other more. And I, I would like to think that our goal is to love each other more every day and to be in love with each other more each day. Mm-hmm. So, wow. I, so, yeah, those are good goals. How long have you been married? So in October, Andy and I celebrated our 10-year anniversary, and uh, it's been a fun ride uh, with two kids that came in, in between all of that, and our love just grew. Mm-hmm. I think I grew not only for each other, but learning to love more than just each other, but two entirely new beings that we love with our whole hearts. So it's been a pretty fun ride. okay so how do you build trust in a relationship like in any relationship i think that it takes time that you take time to get to know each other better to to talk about what your deepest desires are and your goals are and once you build that trust or build that relationship up then i think the trust starts to build i think like the luxury that i had with my husband uh, when andy and i before we even started dating we were friends first so we got to spend time together just getting to know each other as friends without even thinking about the possibilities of dating, which is actually really cool because I had never been in a relationship before where I had not just started dating someone. Mm-hmm. Andy was the first person I was a friend of. And so we told each other secrets. We told each other um, intimate things as friends that it became so much easier when we started dating that the trust was already there. So things that I told him in confidence that he'd already kept, I knew that I could trust him. And so I, I see the beauty in taking the time to grow in relationships. And that has always been very helpful for me in understanding how to trust one another and, and be trustworthy for another person because it goes both ways. Yeah, I think it's nice that you guys got to be friends first. When you're friends, you get to know each other and you get past all the because when you when you're like dating someone without being friends first you have to be like oh like what's your favorite color what's (laughs) totally (laughs) but when you're friends it's already there yeah Yeah. and and you've already reached another level that when you just start dating you have to work super hard to get to that level Mm -hmm. we were already there yeah and it was helpful my next question is what would you tell someone who's never been in in a relationship before, what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> what not to do in a relationship. 
Um, well, I think the advice that I would be giving people in a relationship that, or, or just entering into one, is the what not to do's. I guess I would more be like to not not be honest. I don't know. I, I feel like it's easier once you're in a relationship to, to take the time to grow and to figure it, each other out, figure yourselves out, um, to not make assumptions about the other person uh, without having conversations because I think that's where a lot of people not go wrong in relationships but don't give relationships a chance because you've already just assumed that somebody is like this or like that and you'd be pleasantly surprised to find out maybe they would change or maybe they have a different idea of something you just never asked and I think it's about communication and if you are not having good communication how are you going to have a healthy relationship so to start yourself up on the right foot is to to really just be upfront, put yourself out there but at the same time I was thinking about things I was like what would be a deal breaker for me and my husband and we used to joke we're like well maybe if I had known that you had really bad gas before we dated. Would that be a deal breaker? You know, like, it's like we just ask dumb questions like that still mm-hmm. after 10 years. And we joke about that because we think it's funny. But at the same time, there are things that are deal breakers that people don't know about. So it's better to be honest up front in the beginning because I think a lot of times people not waste time but use unnecessary time just thinking that the other person won't, won't change or won't listen to you or won't do this. And you might not even realize that they just never tried it before or they didn't know. So to be open, mm-hmm. I think that would be that advice. Yeah. So this is kind of similar. It's for someone who's never been in a relationship before. What do you think is the most unexpected thing about relationships? Like what's the thing no one told you and then you got in a relationship and you're like, oh. Hmm. The most unexpected thing that I've ever had in a relationship or what haven't I think it's it's about the unexpected I think it's about how do we just be ourselves and let ourselves be pleasantly surprised and that's the unexpected part that's the expectation but no expectation like you if you go through a relationship always anticipating the next turn, then it's not always fun anymore. I think the unexpected would be finding out that your partner would do something for you that you never thought they would do. Or, um, like, literally the unexpected. My husband, I would he hates surprises. He likes to know what's going on. And I'll say, we'll play a guessing game. And guess what I'm... I'm gonna do for you or gonna give you a for a birthday present and he'll always be like no just tell me <laughs> so I kept thinking this guy would be the worst at ever throwing me a surprise party and for my 40th birthday he went above and beyond and threw me the best party I had ever had and I was really pleasantly surprised because that was so unexpected I was just thinking it would be really nice to have a dinner with my family and that would be fine Mm-hmm. And he just swept me off my feet and, and in a way that it was so exciting to be with all of my friends and family that I loved. And I didn't think he had it in him, and he did. And he, he told me it was so hard, 
but he knew it would make me happy. And I think that's something that, um, yeah, it's, it, you just, just to be pleasantly surprised is, is the part of the unexpected expectation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. It was really sweet. I, I really loved it. I really didn't think he had it in him. I underestimated my husband. I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening. <laughs> okay. So my next question is, how do you keep the spark in a relationship after the spark is gone? Oh, my, after it's gone. Well, I think that earlier we had talked about um, a spark, right? spark takes a lot of work to get going. And sometimes if your flame is unattended, it could grow and and be a wildfire and sometimes that passion is too much (laughs) and so how do you get to a maintainable level of of having a spark and then what happens when that spark dies and like anything it's about the work that's put into keeping that fire and that flame alive and without that spark it's you know it's hard to get that flint going you know it's hard to find that match to make it work and so if we're not tending to our spark if we're not tending to our fire, I think that is when relationships start to to die. If, if we're tending to it too much, it gets crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about being willing to put in the work, to take care of that fire, to take care of that flame, and, and make it manageable for yourselves as a couple or as a, whatever the relationship is. But we tend to forget sometimes. We just think that, it'll flicker on by itself. We get too dependent on technology or we get too dependent on, oh, that that will restart itself or relight itself. And it really is about hard work and determination to make that relationship, to make that fire keep going. And so when I think about that question, it's about are you talking and communicating with your partner? Are you spending the time that's needed for yourselves to to be a a whole, to be a couple, Um, and then being really attentive to each other's needs. And that spark, if you tend to it, will be life-giving. It will be something that wherever you are in that relationship, that you always remember that your passion is supposed to be for each other. And I feel like we do lose that in a society where the divorce rate is 60%. We do lose a lot of the fire, but it's because not a lot of people are willing to put in that extra hard work to do that and to keep that flame going. So remember that you need to feed it, feed your fire. You need to, to fan it and, and keep it going. And there's just so many metaphors for fires. <laughs> it, it's about um, being willing to, to nurture that mm-hmm. spark and not let it go out. Yeah. <laughs> So like like you said, it's hard work. So that kind of leads me into one of my myth or true questions. What do you think about people who say, oh, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it's meant to be, the two people will come together. Like if two people are truly meant to be together. Do you think that's true? I'm a romantic and I would like to think that it is true, yes. But also, um, I feel like it would be unfair to say that um, everybody has their own match. or, anything. But at the same point, I liked that when we, we had talked about this earlier, I, I think it's about hope. 
It's about using those euphemisms to give people hope that you can find your match if you're willing to put yourself out there. Um, I had looked up what does the Bible say about soulmates and, and things like that, and there's nothing biblical about soulmates other than the Bible saying that God asked Noah to pair the animals two by two onto the ark. <laughs> I, I think it's about really being open to the spirit, and, and we use the euphemisms of uh, somebody's out there for you, or there's a soulmate waiting for you. You just haven't found them yet. We use that not only to give hope, but sometimes we use it as a crutch, and sometimes we're too picky, and we're like, oh, no, 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 not that person. God's going to send it to me, and there's going to be a sign. Sometimes we miss those signs if we're not paying attention to them. And maybe you did miss your soulmate because you were too busy waiting for your ideal perfect person to come by. And maybe your perfect person had already just walked by you. And I don't take my word on it, but I think I, I like to think that there's some truth to we all have a soulmate or a person for us. But it doesn't always mean that they are romantically your soulmate or your person. It could be your best friend. It could be somebody that you truly connect with or have a lot of things in common. I think they're out there. I think I have, if that's the case, I have a lot of soulmates. And the one I married happens to be, above all, one that is my soulmate but also my life partner. So, yes, romantically I like to think that everybody <laughs> has someone out there. But at the same time, it's about also being open. So that kind of makes me think of how people say oh your relationship you'll find the one when you least expect it is oh, that, yeah. do you think that's true um in a way <laughs> I, I think I least expected that my husband and I would be boyfriend and girlfriend then later on married only because we were friends and he was dating someone, and I was dating someone. Mm -hmm. I think in that regard, I feel like um, that was unexpected, and I wasn't making having the stars line up, aligned to, to, for me and Andy to be together. But I, I think there's something to just being open again to, to where the Spirit calls, but also um, the connection that we had. Um, but I, I also thought about, like, I met an ex-boyfriend at a funeral home, and that was very unexpected. <laughs> but it also didn't last. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think, but I, I just have always been like that, though. I was like, you know, if something happens, I'm open to trying something new, trying new relationships. But if it doesn't work out, maybe what did I learn from that? What are the lessons I learned in, in the unexpected breakups or getting together with someone I've always been just listening to where my personal goals align with that other person and so it's been it's been a fun ride and, and it's very nice though to have found my unexpected life partner <laughs> people often say if you don't love yourself how are you supposed to love someone else do you think do you think you have to love yourself before you love someone else? Now, that is something I think I can answer with a little more certainty. 
I think there's something to it. Yes. Um, when we talk about uh, in church and at least, well, not only Christian religion, but across the board, Buddhism and um, Islam, Hinduism, we have this shared golden rule. Like it's about taking care of uh, being kind to another, being kind and loving to other people. And I thought about when we say do unto others as you would do it unto yourself or love one another as you would love yourself, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I, I kind of realized that it's, a, it's flipped. It's about if you can't love yourself, how can you love another person? If you can't be kind to yourself and if I can't be kind to myself, if I don't do self-care, if I don't treat myself right, my body right, my mind right, my soul right, how can I be kind and exhibit that. I do think about people who may be struggling in relationships, who are unhappy in the relationships that they're in, or looking for one and they can't seem to find the right one. It's about how much do you love yourself and care for yourself so that you can do that same kind of loving to another. And if you're unhealthy, that kind of love becomes toxic love. And so what do you do to make it better? It's about healing yourself and being whole. It's a little more pure. It's a little more less about yourself and then about the other. And sometimes people love so much and are so self-giving and they forget about themselves. So how do you become equal partners in relationships? So I, I really appreciate this kind of question in a way that it reminds us on both sides it takes two. You can't have a one-sided relationship because it just, it just won't exactly. work. Exactly. What is the most important thing you've learned from your current relationship and your past relationship? When I do marriage counseling or couples counseling, I always tell the couples that the most important thing is communication and communication in a relationship. It's about working on relationships through communications. The reminder would always be to, to check in and to fall in love with each other more and more each day by learning more about each other each day. Yeah. So would you say that's your biggest piece of relationship advice? Totally, totally. And and my prayer is always that. It's always, I pray that you fall in love with each other more and more each day. And I make sure I always say that when I officiate weddings, because that is a truthful prayer that I really do wish upon these couples. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank anytime. you for chatting with me. And... I love chatting with you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you enjoy this episode because I really enjoyed this episode. And I hope you guys listen to the rest of the series. Stay tuned. <laughs>